Uh, right out of college, I was hired to manage a coffee shop that was located inside of a funeral home. <laughs> it was as strange as it sounds. Uh, the bulk of my job, of course, was to make and to serve coffee drinks, but my job also included a handful of other funeral-related funeral tasks. Um, we serve Starbucks coffee. This has nothing to do with the illustration, but it goes to show that there is a Starbucks everywhere. <laughs> uh, each day, though, uh, at the funeral home and in the coffee shop, there was a lot to juggle. And my boss, who had hired me, he, he wanted to help me succeed, and so he urged me all the time to come to him, to seek help, to ask for help whenever I needed. He wanted me to do well in the position. Today in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12, Jesus urges his disciples and us to do essentially the, the same thing. As Christians, we have a lot to juggle each day. And in order that we would walk as Jesus desires we, us to walk, in, other, in, in order for us to succeed, so to speak, in being molded into the people God desires us to be and in order that we would behold the good, godly life that God desires for us, Jesus urges his disciples and us, he says we can and should and must give ourselves to the task of prayerfully asking for our Heavenly Father's help. Uh, if you've been with us for the, na the last several weeks in this series, so far in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has given his followers, his disciples and us, he's laid down numerous commands and warnings. And each command and each warning pertains to the good, godly life that God desires for us in the flow of his sermon. If you're flipped open to Matthew chapter 7, you can look how... You can see right here, right before our passage this morning, he has just warned and he has just commanded us against idolatry and hypocrisy, anxiety and judgmentalism. And as Jesus originally delivered this message, his disciples were no doubt reeling in a conviction that is probably very similar to how I have been, I have felt convicted greatly over the last several weeks wondering, okay, so anxiety is second nature to me. How on earth can I help but be anxious? Judgmentalism comes so naturally to me. How on earth can I help but be judgmental? I believe, and I believe that you believe, there's a lot of beliefs there, we believe the good godly life will be enjoyed in greater measure when we put these sins to death, but how can we possibly do it? It's too much to juggle in our own strength. The Christian life is too much for us just left to ourselves. And so in verses 7 through 11, which I'll read now, Jesus tells us what, what to do about it. I invite you to follow along as I read Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, 
And the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And I'll continue. One more verse. So, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. We'll stop there. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you say a word of prayer with me? Oh, Father, please help us now by your Holy Spirit to understand, to be changed by, and to walk according to your Holy Word for your glory, for our good, and for our joy. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. I have a pretty short message. At least I say that right now, right? (laughs) We'll have two points that we'll examine for the remainder of our time. Number one, ask for God's help. Number two, act with God's help. Ask and act. Number one, ask for God's help. We see it right here three times using three different imperatives. Jesus urges his disciples and us in verse 7 to ask, to seek, to knock. In other words, to pray. Pray sincerely, pray fervently, pray expectantly. And when we do, Jesus assures us in verse 11 Our heavenly father, who delights in giving good gifts to his children, he will answer. He will. Now, many professing Christians mistake this passage. Unfortunately, many professing pastors twist this passage to mean that, well, if I ask God for a pay raise, he will make it happen. Because after all, he loves to give good gifts to his children, right? And so if I seek God for a bigger platform and for notoriety, he's going to make it happen. If I knock on God's door for a clean bill of health, he's surely going to make it happen. Now, it's true that sometimes, according to God's providential wisdom, he does provide pay raises graciously and platforms and healthy bills of health but not always. And it will spare us from a world of wrong doctrine if we make clear Jesus is not referring to those things when he urges us to ask and seek and knock. Quick commercial. Whenever we read the Bible, whenever we read and study the Bible, we cannot cherry pick verses and interpret them in isolation from the verses that surround them. Verse 7, like every other verse in Scripture, has a context. 
That is, there are commands and concepts and warnings that Jesus gives us right before verse 7. And they tell us an awful lot about what he wants us to ask for in verse 7. How about freedom from judgmentalism? Wouldn't that be a wonderful request to bring before our Heavenly Father sincerely and fervently and expectantly? To be freed from the burden of carrying around my judge's gavel and my scales wherever I go, measuring and pronouncing verdicts over everyone I come into contact with. Wouldn't it be a wonderful gift to be freed from that? How about freedom from anxiety? Wouldn't that be a wonderful request to ask and to seek and to knock, to come to our Heavenly Father for sincerely, fervently, and expectantly to be freed from the constant life-depleting tension that someone or something always needs to be settled before I can have a moment's peace? How about freedom from idolatry and hypocrisy? Wouldn't those be wonderful requests to bring before our Heavenly Father to ask and to seek and to knock? Look, these are all issues that Jesus has just touched on before telling us to ask and seek and knock. Knock. And if you and I want to be freed from the things, these sins that drain and destroy the good godly life that our Heavenly Father desires for us, Jesus tells us right here, ask and seek and knock. To ask, well, I'll just tell you, I'll, I'll quote my kids, uh, Dad, can we have dinner now? To ask is to ask, right? It's not rocket science. I thank God because I wouldn't be able to understand his word. It's not rocket science. To ask is to ask. Dad, can we have dinner now? I want to give them dinner. I want to give them what they need. So I welcome their asking. Now, seeking, to seek, is to ask with sincerity. Dad, can we please have dinner now? Like, please, it's getting late, and, and we're hungry. Can we please have some dinner? To seek is to ask with sincerity. And finally, to knock is to ask with a sincere, expectant persistence. Dad, we know you're in the bathroom. We know you're in there. We are really hungry, and the best as we can tell, it's time for dinner. Can you please, will you please give us what we need right now? To knock, to ask with sincere, expectant persistence. Now, I am as selfish as the day is long. I don't say that tritely or even falsely. I am prideful. I am a sinful father with even more evil tendencies than I realize. But when my kids, when my kids ask and seek and knock for things I know they need, I'm not going to give them a rock that looks like a loaf of bread. Joke's on you, fool. I'm not going to give them a decoy. And that is Jesus' point in verses 9, 10. And 11, now I have a story to tell you, and it, it makes me laugh, but it's going to illustrate what our Heavenly Father does not do. 
I once read a true story about a restaurant owner who told his waitresses that a green Toyota would be given to whomever had the most sales and the best customer reviews. For weeks, at the end of every shift, the waitresses would persistently ask the restaurant owner if the time had come for the green Toyota giveaway. And when the time finally came, after weeks of increased sales and customer reviews, the owner recognized the winning waitress by giving her a small Star Wars action figurine, a green toy Yoda. <laughs> you can't make this up. If only I had thought, no, no. <laughs> okay, brothers and sisters, let us believe with confidence this is not our Heavenly Father. This is not, that is, our Heavenly Father is not like this. He is not in the business of handing out decoys to his children. Listen to this. He wants to give us real bread and not some sort of lookalike. He wants to give us the real deal when the time is right. He wants to give us real freedom from anxiety. Real freedom and not some sort of naive denial of our circumstances. He wants to give us real freedom from judgmentalism and not some sort of surface level patience for others. Mark this blessed guarantee, believer, will always give you what you most need when you most need it. Amen. Amen. Your task and mine, your privilege of faith and mine as his beloved children is to keep asking and seeking and knocking. God will always give to us what we most need when we most need it. Our task is to keep asking and seeking and knocking. Hebrews 11 verse 6 makes clear that this kind of asking and seeking and knocking is an act of faith. Prayer is an act of faith that is pleasing to God because when we pray, it reveals two things about us. Number one, it reveals that, that we believe God is listening. And number two, it reveals that we believe God is working and will work for our good. When we pray, it demonstrates those things, these faiths, these truths that we stand upon. Conversely, an absence of prayer, and who among us wouldn't say, well, you know, are, are you, do you pray? Not as often as I should, right? All of us are maybe needing great improvement with the help of the Holy Spirit in this area. An absence of prayer, though, is an absence of faith, is it not? When you and I don't pray, it reveals a number of things. It reveals that we don't believe God is listening. It reveals that we don't believe God is working for our good or will work for our good. And I also think that it reveals this. When we don't pray... And when we don't pray for the things that Jesus has in view here, it reveals we don't really believe that our judgmentalism 
and our anxiety and idolatry is really affecting our lives all that negatively, right? It's like I don't ask for air to breathe when all the while I'm breathing out of a snorkel and I have no idea what freedom and what breath of fresh air would come to me if the snorkel were removed, if judgmentalism and anxiety and idolatry and all of these that Jesus has been harping after in love. It's like I don't believe my life will be all that benefited by their absence, so I don't ask for them to be removed. I don't ask for the Holy Spirit's help that he would lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from these evils. And oh, you know the prayer of Father is that, that you would show us our judgmentalism and anxiety and the like and God, that you would show us how our souls are being numbed and our joy is being drained and our peace is being depleted and our rest is being destroyed and the good godly life is being tarnished by these things that just linger. And we don't think that they are all that adversely affecting us. Ask and seek and knock for such freedom. Number one, ask for God's help. Number two, Act with God's help. Look at me, or not look at me, look at verse 12 with me. In, in many of our Bibles, there is a subtitle above verse 12, separating it from verses 7 through 11. And it might lead us to think that Jesus is changing the subject. He is not. He's not. Look, chapter and verse, headings and divisions and subtitles can be really helpful but they can also lead us to forget, especially in passages like this, the Sermon on the Mount is one continuous message. Jesus certainly could have taken breaks at various moments throughout his delivery of this message, but what has been recorded right here by the Apostle Matthew, what has been preserved for our studying right here is one continuous connected message. And the first word, of verse 12 indicates as much for us. Jesus says, so. Some translations translate it, therefore. That word so, or therefore, indicates that what Jesus is about to say in verse 12 is connected to what he has just said in verses 7 through 11 and everything else that he said so far in the Sermon on the Mount. Here's what he says. So. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This golden rule, this summarizing command encompasses God's Old Testament commands as well as all the commands that have been laid down in the Sermon on the Mount. Now remember with me, let's do a little bit of mental review, and if you want, you can even look back in, in your Bibles. Back in chapter 5, Jesus quoted multiple times from the law, and then he urged his disciples and us against anger and lust and divorce and empty promises and revenge and hatred. Now ask yourself, do you want to be on the receiving end of any of those things? No. 
None of us wants to be a recipient of someone else's anger and lust and empty promises and revenge and hatred. And so, therefore, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. This is the law and the prophets. Back in in chapter 6, Jesus warned us against spiritual pride and showmanship. And he taught us how to fast and how to pray and how to give to the needy properly and sincerely. Now, once again, let me ask you, do you want to be on the receiving end of someone's inauthentic prayer or lack of generosity when you're in need? No, neither do I. None of us wants to be a recipient of fake phony prayers or, or these, I'll pray for you, brother. I'll be praying for you on that one. And then I never get to it. None of us wants to actually receive that. And so, church, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and prophets. In chapter 7, so far in chapter 7, Jesus has urged us not to withhold mercy from one another. Not to judge one another without humility and compassion and patience. None of us wants to be judged by our fellow believers without mercy and patience and compassion. And none of us, none of us who has the Holy Spirit residing in us, none of us wants to be left alone in our sin with our sinful specks in our eyes, robbing us of joy and peace and of the good godly life. And so, doing to others as we would want others to do unto us, with God's good help, we can and should and must, this passage is quite simple, prayer, prayerfully and humbly and transparently go to one another go to our brothers and sisters in our community groups go to our brothers and sisters in whom with whom we have a trusting relationship even in the cafe at some point to go to them and to help them to see humbly the speck that is in their eye that is robbing them of the good godly life God desires for them we must ask for God's help in doing this None of us is going to do this in our own steam. And if we do, we'll do it wrongly. We'll do it in our flesh. We must ask for God's good help. And then we must act with God's good help. I've said it time and time again. Today's passage, well, the passage isn't as simple as what I've just articulated. But what I've articulated is profoundly simple. And here is a framework or a foundation on which we can stand. Look. Church, Jesus died and rose to rescue us from the penalty of these sins that he has been preaching through. We are rescued from the penalty of it. But then Jesus ascended back to heaven and sent to us the Holy Spirit in order to empower us to walk in the righteous and to not return to these sins. To have the power that is needed to have victory over these sins. The question, the question that Christians always need to come back to, do we believe that we can actually do as the law and prophets urge us to do by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the enabling mercies of Jesus Christ, do we believe that we can actually do unto others as we 
would have them to do to us. It really is a profound summary of the Christian life, of how we are to relate to and with one another. To think through all the times that I have judged a brother or sister in Christ wrongly. And we talked last, there is a right and a wrong way to go about judging. But I have all too often wrongly judged brothers and sisters in Christ. I am all too often eaten alive by anxiety and by fickle worries. Like what people think or how it's going to be perceived. And we should to a degree care about how we're being perceived. But not to the point that my sinful heart often takes it. Do we believe that we actually will receive when we ask when we seek and when we knock. I was talking with Pastor Ed earlier about this passage and he, he made a, a great observation. Our Heavenly Father loves to give to us good things, things that he discerns with his wonderful wisdom. This is a good thing for Chris to have right now. We can ask, and it doesn't always mean that he's gonna give us exactly what he asks, but I will say it this way. Pastor has said, there's a pastor some, somewhere sometime has said this multiple times. God will only ever give us what we would have asked for if we knew everything he knew. And so I want to, and we should be getting busy asking and seeking and knocking that we would walk in this righteousness that is heralded by Jesus and that we would then live up to this golden rule that the law and the prophets points to. That as we want to be treated, we're going to go about treating one another that exact same way. No ifs, ands, or buts. And the Holy Spirit will help us do it. For God's glory, for the good of this church, for the joy of our community. That is it. Let's bow our heads, we'll pray, and then we will sing a little more. Father, thank you for this passage. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding us after you have just preached wonderfully uh, commands and warnings for several chapters, you now remind us to go to our Heavenly Father. We're not alone in this walk to ask, to seek, and to knock. And we will be given answer a door will be opened for us. Father, help us to trust that door of yours, your timing, your way. Lord, equip us with everything that we need to do as your word has instructed us. And Lord, help us, help us to treat our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to treat each other as we would want to be treated. This is a summary statement of Really all that we see commanded of Christians and how we should conduct ourselves to and with one another. Help us, Lord, to do it for your glory and our joy. We thank you for Jesus who makes this possible. It's in his name we pray. Amen.